0: Well, good morning, church. Let's give Jesus some praise. Like Dan said, my name is Whitney, and I get to be the Next Gen's director here at True Life. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you, I'd love to meet you in the lobby after service. Uh, I also wanna give honor to our pastors that are in the front row. Thank you for trusting me and letting me share this morning and I can't wait for you guys to be back next week that Pastor Michael's gonna be sharing and so are you guys excited for Pastor Michael to be back? Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. My husband, this is my husband touching my butt. Um, We did, this happened last service too. I think he did this on purpose because he likes to touch my butt. I think that's what happened, yeah. All right, let's show some love to the Tech Arts team. Yeah. All better. You done now? Okay, awesome. Are you sure, Jared? It's like stuck on something. Okay, well we'll let him do it well, again. Can you fix it, honey? Can you fi- Something's caught. I just want him to touch my butt again. You probably haven't been to a church sure service like this before, right? No, well, it's a little different. Um, well, it's been a really exciting past few weeks and summer and um, I'm, I'm trying to think of words to say right now because I'm really distracted. We good now? Okay, oh, thanks, thanks. So um, a few weeks ago, there was a group of 20 of us that got the chance to go to Motion Conference and it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It was 12,000 students that were in an arena and 14 of our students here at True Life experienced life change and had an encounter with the living God and it was incredible, it was awesome, and they've never been more fired up and they're ready to change the world, they're ready to change the world for Jesus and so I'm excited for that. And, um, And I also um, wanted to give an invitation for those that, if you're a student here, you're brand new here, um, if you're a student between 6th grade and 12th grade, as you heard in the announcements, tonight is Motion Night. Um, Motion Night happens once a month. It's the second Sunday of every month. And we come together. We have a ton of fun. It's basically a big old party for students. And um, and tonight is Twin Night. So dress, bring a friend, dress like a twin, and you could win a prize. It's going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. So we'd love to have you join for that. All right, I'm gonna take a quick poll. Um, I did this last service, and I'm curious to see what this service is. Raise your hand if you are a Walmart shopper. Walmart, Walmart, I see you, okay. All right, where are my target people? Yes, double handers I see, okay, okay. All right, well several years ago, uh, when I was in elementary school, my mom, she calls it Target. Um, but my mom took my brother Tyler and I to Target and uh, when we went to Target, I was like I, I was like, "Mom, I'm going to go into the into the toy section." I was like, "Okay." So, I was in the toy section. I was not with my mom. And all of a sudden the lights went out. It was absolutely terrifying, and my mom can attest to it. You can ask her afterwards. She's here in the front row. Um, it was terrifying. I was really scared. I had no idea where I was because it was dark and I was lost. And, uh, and so it was just chaos everywhere. It was really loud. And um, eventually the, the lights came back on, and a sales associate uh, connected me back to my mom. And we sang, reunited and it feels so good. We didn't actually sing that song, but we were reunited and it was awesome. But I think for the, for the demonstration of today, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, that our lives can feel very noisy, very loud, very chaotic, and very distracting. And and today we're in this new series, I wanna welcome you to a new series called Frequency where we are learning how do we hear God's voice in the midst of all the chaos, all the loudness, maybe internal chaos that we have inside. And, and, and the title of this message today is Embracing Stillness. Embracing Stillness. So there's lots of demands on our lives, you know? We have to take the kids here, or this bill is due, or we have this deadline to meet, or this assignment that's due, and it can feel very chaotic for us. Uh, But, like I said, the most important voice that is in our lives is Jesus's. In John 10, 10, it says that Jesus is saying this. He says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And some translations say life abundantly. And so I know you're like me, that you, you don't wanna go halfway, you wanna have the fullest life possible, you wanna live a life that, that leaves a legacy, and you want to say, you wanna, when you leave your time here on earth, you wanna know that, I, that you lived your life to the fullest. And the way that we live our fullest life is by being close and close to Jesus. There is a theologian, um, and he's a writer back in the 18 him writer back in the 1800s, and his name is Frederick Faber. And I love this I love this quote that he says. He says, "God is whispering to us incessantly. Whenever the sounds of the world die out, we hear these whisperings. He is always whispering to us. Only we do not hear because of the noise, the hurry, the distraction." which life causes and it rushes on. So how are we supposed to hear God's voice when we feel like all we're doing is rushing and there's so much busyness that happens and, and maybe you're not experiencing busyness right now, but we're about to enter into a new school year, a new season of life and this is a great message just to reset, just to say, you know what, Jesus' voice in my life is important. There are so many things that will come in the the next few weeks with school approaching and you're gonna decide this is important. I'm drawing the line, this is important. I'm resetting and making sure that Jesus gets the attention that he deserves. I want to ask you this question and it might make you feel a little curious. What if I were to tell you that Hearing God isn't something that you do, it's who you are. In John 10, 27, Jesus is saying, uh, he's saying, he's saying that we are the sheep and he's the shepherd, and in the scripture he says, my sheep hear my voice. He's not saying, my sheep, if they do this and that, then they'll hear my voice. He's saying very deliberately and very powerfully that my sheep hear my voice. And so you might be thinking, well, why can't I hear his voice then? Sometimes I I don't feel like I hear it, or I don't think I've ever heard God's voice before, and that could be a few reasons. And what I've learned in my journey of following Jesus is that it could be that maybe we haven't fully surrendered our lives to him, or there's an area in our life that we haven't surrendered our lives to him, and so we're unable to hear his voice. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, you'll have the chance to do that later in our time together. There could also be, there could also be maybe choices that we're making in our lives that are hindering us from hearing the voice of God. Maybe there's a sin pattern in our lives. Um, Maybe there's just choices that are hindering us from, that are getting in the way of us being able to hear God's voice. And then one of the other reasons, last reason, could be that God's already given you a word. He's already given you an assignment. He's already told you what he wants you to do. And he's not gonna give you another word because he wants you to focus on that word. And once you complete that assignment, then he'll give you a new word. Uh, This week... We got new tires on our car, and it's always fun when you have to take your car to the shop, right? And they're like, oh, you have gotta pay this much to get your car fixed, it's like awesome. But we, got to, we had to get our, car, our, our tire, tires put on our car, and when they put tires on the car, um, what they do is they have to make sure that it's all realigned. And um, what I mean by that, if you're not familiar, um, I know we have at least one mechanic in the room, but when they realign, what they do is they're they're correcting. They're making sure that the car is able to drive in a straight line, because if it's not realigned, well, it could mess up the car, but it could also cause you to drift into a lane, um, into an area that could cause you to get into an accident and and you don't want to drift and you don't want to do that. But oftentimes, like a car, we can drift. And so my prayer for us is that the Holy Spirit would help us, would realign us as we go into a new season of life, as the summer is finishing, that he realigns us back to the voice that matters, which is Jesus. That's my prayer for you today. And there are three things I'm gonna share with you today that will help us all get closer to the voice of God. And so I wrote these in declaration format so you can use them in your week um, and declare them over your lives. And so the first one is I will get a line by being still, by being still. You know, it's funny, um, this week I read this scripture in Psalm 4610, and it says, constantly be on the go and keep moving. Have you guys heard that verse before? It doesn't actually say that. It says in Psalm 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I want to take a moment, and I want to honor those that make ministry here at True Life even possible. So I wanna take a moment and honor the serve team, the dream team here at True Life. Can you guys help me honor them real quick? They don't look for accolades, they look to serve Jesus, but something that you won't ever see is the hours upon hours that go into preparing worship and and preparing for, for the children when they arrive and preparing the, the the lobby to make sure that it looks great and, and preparing all the slides and all of that and so I'm just honored to be able to have the chance to work with such incredible and serve alongside of such incredible individuals here at True Life and recently I had a conversation with some folks that um, serve in kids' life, and uh, and there were three individuals I was talking to, and one of them was telling me, "Hey, Whitney, I'm I'm going to be taking some time, and I'm going to go go on a date and go be with my my spouse," um, and then another one was telling me, "Yeah, I'm, I just took a trip with my." with my family, I just decided, you know, we're just gonna go to Rehoboth. And they took, uh, they gave some notice and they, they took off a few Sundays ago and they they went to the beach. And then in a few weeks, I have one of my team members who said, you know what, I'm gonna take time and I'm just gonna take off on, uh, on Sunday to, to be still, to be still. And what I love and what I appreciate um, about being a part of this community is that I have learned so much, and especially these individuals right now that I'm talking about, I've learned recently um, what a gift it is to serve alongside people that understand that your first ministry is your family. That your first ministry, your first priority is your family. And your relationship with Jesus is the, other, is the first priority within that priority. And I, love, I loved learning and, and seeing them and, just, and seeing them embrace being still. So I love that they make their family a priority and then I also love that they, that they value being still. We see many times in scripture, I'm only gonna share four with you, but we see many times in scripture where Jesus chooses solitude over people. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, he chose solitude over people? Like, people are important, and they are important. But in, G- in order for Jesus to be healthy, and for, in order for him to complete the mission that he was sent here for, he, he chose solitude at times, and here's some reasons why. Um, and they resonate with both you and I. They'll resonate for, with, for both of us. Um, in Mark 6, it's, uh, this is Jesus. He's encouraging his disciples uh, to separate from people and to get rest. And so this is Jesus. He's, a, he's recharging from hard work, right? We've all had a hard day of work, and you just need to rest. You just need, like, a nice Glass of ice water with lemon on it, and it's just great. So you just—that's that's Jesus. He's taking solitude to recharge after work. The second time is in Matthew 14. This is after Jesus uh, learned that his cousin John the Baptist uh, was beheaded, and um, and so he's he's taking solitude to grieve, and um, and maybe that's maybe that's some of us today. Uh, maybe some of us are in a place where we're grieving, or maybe we we haven't created space to grieve because we're just trying to keep up with everything that's going on in our lives. And and Jesus is saying it's okay to pause and allow yourself to feel and allow yourself to just be with the Lord and to cry and to allow those emotions to happen. And so Jesus, Jesus is showing us that it's okay to pause, to allow ourselves to grieve. And grieving might take some time, uh, it might take years sometimes, but, um, but Jesus says it's okay. The third time is in Luke six, we see Jesus, he spent the whole night alone in prayer and that's because he was praying because the next day he was choosing his disciples. So he was making a big decision the next day. And, uh, and so maybe, maybe you'll find yourself, um, we've all, we all have big decisions that we have to make at any point in our lives. And so Jesus is showing us that, hey, when you've got a big decision, Choose solitude, tuck away and be with jesus and get get his insight before making a decision. The last uh, time that we not the only time, but the only four that i 'm going to share with you today is we see in Luke five that Jesus spent time alone in prayer, so he just he just tucked away just to pray and just to talk to the Lord. And that's what we're doing in 21 days of prayer. We're drawing a line. We're saying this is important. This relationship with Jesus is important. And, um, and and it's not to say, oh, I prayed. I came to 21 days of prayer on Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 10, check the box. It's no, we as a church are getting an alignment with what Jesus is asking. And he's saying, I want this for you. I want you to have the fullest life. And I want to commune with you, I wanna fellowship with you. And so being in prayer is what Jesus, he wants for us, not from us, he wants it for us. So I want you to think about your day. Uh, think about your from day to day what your day can look like. And I want you to start start picturing. This isn't just a service for you to receive. I want you to actively be making choices as you're listening and um, actively listening today. So I want you to think about what your what your lives look like right now. And when was the last time that you allowed yourself to be still? When was your la- the last time that you allowed yourself to, um, you know, be before the Lord in solitude and in prayer and maybe to grieve, or to make a big decision, or after you've worked really hard, just to allow yourself, you've worked hard, let yourself be still. Pastor Derek Park said this to me in a side conversation when uh, when he was here the other week, and he said, Whitney, you are a human being, not a human doing. And I just, I loved, I loved that, it hurt, <laughs> but I loved it, because sometimes what we can do is we can get it like the roles reversed, right? Like we can feel like I find my value in doing and accomplishing, and that's my value. And um, and Jesus, Jesus, it's funny that we're called human beings. Um, you know, Jesus didn't didn't make you to just do all the time. Um, but it's, it's important for us to be good stewards of what we have. You know, we've, we've been given things, so it's important that we do something with what we're given, but making sure that we're creating space to be still and be. Be a human being. So, what does that look like? This is a really practical message. Um, Like I said, this is like more of like a refresh button for all of us. But it can be just turning off your phone uh, for a few hours. Some of us need to do that, or or turn off the, the technology for a little bit. And sometimes, you know, we're so sensitive to how much our children watch and get screen time, but we too need God convicted me this weekend. I'm telling you, but He showed me that. Hey, Whitney, you know getting a little bit too much screen time, and um, it can make us feel overstimulated very much so, and that can lead us to feeling very overwhelmed, and we can be operating out of emotion uh, as opposed to operating out of a sound mind, so it could just be turning off your phone, but I will say if you're a teenager in the house, don't turn your phone off without talking to your parents because they're gonna come back and they're they're gonna be like mad at me, and they're like, well, Wendy said that I could turn my phone off. Don't do that, uh, because I'll get in trouble, and we don't want that. Uh, This is super practical, but sometimes we just need to take a deep breath. Being still is just taking a deep breath. Can everybody do that real quick? Just, it's like a load comes off of us just by allowing ourselves to regularly breathe and just take a deep, take a deep breath. Um, last, last thing that you could do is meditating on Scripture. Super easy. Find a verse in the Bible that speaks to you. Maybe you're, maybe you're, you're, you're um, overcoming some anxiety, or, or maybe you have um, some depressive thoughts, or or maybe you're feeling really low and have low self-esteem. Um, or, or maybe you are pra- trying to practice being more thankful because you focus on complaining so much, but you need to focus on what you're grateful for um, and, and God's showing you to do that. And so just find a scripture that resonates with you and start meditating on it. Um, meditating is, in other words, is like chewing on it, but don't don't actually chew your Bible because people will not like, they'll look at you funny, so don't chew your Bible. But, but meditate by, meaning, uh, Go ahead and just like say the scripture over yourself again and again. Be still and know that I am God. I am for you, not against you. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Just scriptures that will help you uh, rest in not being worried about tomorrow, but being content in your your current life. Because I'm telling you, the enemy, what he wants to do is rob you of your today. To have you focus on tomorrow, what if this happens? What if that happens? I don't know how that's gonna work out. And Jesus says, just be still and know that I am God. Cast your cares onto Him. Cast your and sometimes that means you have to do it every minute of the day. I don't know what life what life you've experienced or what you're going through right now, but maybe you actively every minute of the day needs to be just casting your your worries and care until you have trained your brain to say. Jesus' voice matters the most, and I'm going to truly lean in and believe with all my heart what he says in scripture, that he will take care of me, and he has plans not to harm me, but to prosper me. The second way that we can get in alignment uh, with hearing God's voice is this, is, this is super simple, and you'll hear us talk about this more as the weeks come up, but it's building community, getting into community. When we, what happens is when, when we're still, when we allow ourselves to be still, then we're able to be in tune with what's going on in here. And then we're able to, within our community that we have, we're able to share, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Can you pray for me in this area? Or, hey, I've got this big move coming up and it's really overwhelming me. Could you, could you, help, could you help us move, some of people from small group, could you help, help me move into the new house or whatever it might be. Um, And we talk a lot about small groups here, and it's not because it's something cool to do, it's not something that, you know, just because it's a, a system, it actually is a, it's a successful system only when we use it the right way, which is, it's, a bi- it's very biblical to meet together, to come together. Hebrews ten twenty four to 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. When you're in a small group, you're able to spur each other on uh, toward love and good deeds. Not, and the scripture says, don't give up meeting together, as some do. but but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So you see, when you create space to have a small group of people, which small groups will launch September 11th and they go until December 4th, I'm telling you now, because there might be some planners in the room that are like, wait, I I need to plan that out. And I'm a planner too, so you're welcome. Um, So when we we decide ahead of time, all right, I'm going to create this, this community for myself, what happens is not only is it healthy for you, but you're allowing yourself to, to be able to live the way that, that Jesus encourages us, which is to bear one another's burdens, to do life with each other. He doesn't want you doing life alone, so it's important to be still so you can be in tune with what's going on in your life, and that way you're able to help other people. Um, you can process through what you're personally going through and you can encourage someone that's in your small group. Um, and and so. Be, because, I say that because you have value, and you may have not heard that before. I said it a few weeks ago, but you have value, and you have something to offer. And so when, when you allow yourself to be still, when you allow yourself to be in community, you're also opening up a door for God to be able to use you in someone else's life and you add value and in return, someone else can add value to your life by giving you guidance and instruction and care for you. And that's in, that's in Proverbs, talks a lot about if you have a lot of counselors in your life, you're much wiser to, you're a much wiser person. You can make better choices when you have more counselors in your life. Don't do not do life Alone. That's what gets us in trouble. Is when we allow ourselves to be alone for too long and alone in our thoughts. And you might think, well, I don't want to put that on them. I don't. Oh, I, I'm just a burden to them. We're supposed to help each other. We're not. We're not supposed to be all perfect. And you know, we're we're here for each other. And that's what I love about the heart of this church and our pastors is that they want us to have. They want us to become full followers of Christ. And that we don't do that without each other. Um, so. The, the third point and uh, the final point is going to higher heights. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Um, you, you may have heard of these things called toddlers. Anybody heard of a toddler before? Yeah. Okay, you either were a toddler, you had a toddler, or there's a toddler around you. And it, with toddlers... There's very specific instructions that you need to make sure that you you do these things. When you have toddlers around, and parents, you know this, anything that's valuable, like eye level, where do they need to go? Uh, Up high, yeah, that wasn't a trick question. Let's try it again. Anything valuable needs to go up high, and this is why. Because if you don't put it up high, it's either gonna get broken, slobbered on, or colored on. And valuable things need to be placed up high. And we see that in the book of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk, uh, if you don't know, is a minor prophet. There's 12 minor prophets in in the Bible. And Habakkuk, just because it's minor, doesn't mean that they're less than. It just means their their book is much smaller. So it's three chapters, super easy read. You can read it. I'll give you short Cliff Notes. But the Cliff Notes version is that Habakkuk is having a conversation with the Lord. And in that conversation, he's basically saying he's asking all these questions that he has. You know, more of like why God, why God questions, and something that we can glean and learn from Habakkuk is this: in the moment when he's asking all these questions, and he's super, he's super, uh, he's—it's it, a burden that he has on him of why, why God, why is this happening? Why isn't this happening? Uh, often we have those questions, and this is what Habakkuk does. He says this in Habakkuk 2, 1, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord, what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Uh, and so, back in this time, watchtowers were 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 mainly for prophets and prophets would go uh, to position themselves in a way to hear from the Lord. So what Habakkuk is doing he's positioning himself to be able to hear from the Lord. so this is we don't have a watchtower here, so this is our watchtower. I'm sure like seventy, not seventy yeah, seventy percent of the room was probably like, why is there a ladder on the on the stage. And Jared made a joke. He's like, yeah, Whitney's just gonna fix a leak while she's up there. But this is our watchtower today. And so what Habakkuk shows us is that in the midst of his questioning, in the midst of him wondering why this is happening, he, he's trusting in the Lord and he's going to a place where he can find solitude. I don't, um, I don't know if we have insurance, but um, pray, that I, pray that I don't fall. But he's coming all the way to a place. He's saying, you know what? I have faith that my God will show me the way, that he will give me the answers that I need. But in order for him to do that, what did he do? He positioned his heart to get to a high place, because in high places there are valuable things, and valuable things are found in high places, and the most valuable thing is the voice of God. And so when we, when we when we take a moment to silence all the noise that's around us, it requires us to go to another place, to tuck away, and that might be the bathroom for some of you moms and dads, because you're like, I don't have a quiet place, I have five kids, or I have two kids, or I have a husband. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding, I love you, honey. and, but you might be thinking, like, oh, like I love this illustration, Whitney. This is so cool. I love that you brought a ladder out. Like that's so awesome. But um, I have like school starting in September, and I don't, I don't have time to go to a like a watchtower. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. Or you might be like, yeah, I, I, I am a parent. Like. Uh, I don't have like the sp- I don't have space to create quiet in my life, and that that's true. That is like a fair thing. That's a fair thing that's on your mind. Um, but I would submit to you that uh, you know, no matter your circumstances, maybe it is a little noisy in your life. Maybe your phone is you know constantly going off. This is going to take some like I said to you earlier, some action on your end, and the action it's going to take is you being intentional and you being proactive and saying. You know what? God's voice leads me to having the fullest life that I could possibly have. So that means, you know what? I am gonna set my alarm ten minutes early so I can spend time reading, reading the Bible, and see what is this all about. Maybe you're new here, or maybe you've, you've never really been to church before, or you've come to church a little bit and you don't you don't really know what that looks like. And and you're welcome here. And you don't have to get yourselves together you're welcome here and it just looks like opening the Bible and just starting in Matthew and read about Jesus learn what he was all about or maybe it is in the quietness of the night when the kids are all tucked into bed it's you choosing right now in this moment that you're going to use that quiet not to do work it's okay to do work it's important to steward what we have well but it's even more important to steward the relationship that we have with Jesus because you're going to miss out so much. We're going to miss out if we don't be quiet, be still. I love what Mother Teresa says, and um, she says this, God speaks to us in the silence of the heart silence. And so you've heard me talk about being still, getting into community, going to higher heights. And I'm telling you all this and, and we're having like a family meeting right now and that's because in those silence moment, in those silent moments, we're allowed to just rest and just and just be and that's when he can speak to us. So if you don't get anything out of today and our time together, here's this one thing that you can take, and that is hearing from God is not something you do, it's who you are, it's in, it's in you. But it may have not been activated inside of you because in order for it to be activated, you have to take a step of faith into having a relationship with Jesus. And if, if you're saying today, I haven't had a relationship with Jesus before, I would be honored and I would love to make it very simple for you and share with you what that looks like and explain that to you. So in John 3, 16, we learn about the love story, God's pursuit of us. See, in the beginning, we we dismiss God, but he continued to pursue. In John 3:16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so when Jesus was sent here, he was on a mission. And in that mission, he created disciples to build the local church, to build us the church. We are the church. And when he, when he was finished his ministry here, he was sacrificed and he was put on a cross to die for your sin and my sin. He took the punishment for that, to show his pursuit and his love and to build a bridge between us and God so that we could have access to the Father, so that we can hear the voice of God. So when we decide and we turn and we put our faith and our trust in him and we say, you know what? I want more than this life has to offer. And the more that this life has to offer is found with Jesus. And so that's as simple as I can make it for you. And so if you're saying today, I want to give my life to Jesus, I wanna hand, it looks like you handing the keys to your car and you're saying, you know what, Jesus, you can drive. I'm in the passenger seat and you can drive with all eyes closed and head, heads bowed. If that's you today, you're saying, I'm, I'm deciding today. I want the more for my life. I'm done with settling and just trying to make it through. If that's you, raise your hand so that I can lead you in a prayer. The whole church will do that together. Okay. You just say, dear Jesus, let's all say that together, just just to come alongside of those that are giving their lives. You just say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I give you my life. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I give you the keys to my car, you are the driver. I love you Jesus, change me. I love you, it's in your name I pray, amen.